everybody, it is Chris, aka Star Raptor. We're here for a very special video. It's that time of the year. We're talking about our top five games of 2023 Xbox, PC, PlayStation, Nintendo. I couldn't do this all by myself, so I brought along some reinforcements. I got Fighter here. I got Johnny. I got JT. How's it going, everybody? What's going on? Oh, man. Yeah, so this was one of the best years I think a lot of people will say. Like, I think 2007 was a really great year for gaming. I believe it was 1998 was a really great year for gaming. But as far as the game content themselves, uh, this was a stellar year. So I feel like we're, we might have some heated discussions at some point during this. Uh, but I'm really, really um, happy to get into this discussion. Uh, we tried doing something like this on, on the Star Raptor YouTube channel a little bit ago several years ago actually i believe it was johnny me and jt so uh barring any audio issues there's been a lot of improvements here in the studio since then so i think we'll be we'll be good to go but i think we're gonna just go ahead and start off with with our honorable mentions if we have any i'm gonna throw this one over to you jt do you have any honorable mentions before we get into our top five uh yeah so my requirements for game of the year leave quite a few titles as honorable mentions mm. um for these reasons uh dead space remake and resident evil 4 remake while both amazing yep. remakes they've already come out um and i have three other honorable mentions not that i've played all of them i haven't played zelda but Switch exclusive, it doesn't reach the full spectrum of players. Uh, and same can be said for Spider-Man 2 and Final Fantasy 16. Um, played both of them. They were fun enough. Spider-Man 2 was amazing, but you're not reaching everybody. You can't call it game of the year. So That is a really good perspective I like that you gave us there, JT, because... I actually have one of those games on my list you just mentioned for my honorable mentions, and, and we'll we'll take time to talk about it a little bit since you mentioned it. Um, Dead Space. I have two things about this why I had to put it in my honorable mentions. One, it's a remake, and we've seen that the official game of the year, I don't even know if you want to call it official, but the Jeff Keighley's game of the year, that was nominated for a game of the year, and I was like, eh, I don't know if I feel right about that either. It's it's a game that was already being made and whatnot, whatnot. I'm also only on chapter six of the game. So the games I'm actually recommending are games that I've pretty much completed for the most part, I would say, as far as stories uh, concerned. So since I'm in the middle of the game, I'm really enjoying the game. It definitely could have been on my top five, but I'm not ready to say it is game of the year. I mean, the ending could completely suck and, and that it would just throw the thing off. I, I doubt it. But yeah, no, Dead Space is really fun. I, I, I like the... The two things that stand out for me are the graphics, um, just the, the really horrific goriness to it, um, the amount of lived-in feeling it gives you of this ship, the Ishimura, just floating in space, and the sound design, oh my gosh, the sound design is something that stood out to me more than any other game I've played in a long time. Just every little thing just answers, you know, just enhances your suspense as you're walking through these dark corridors, jump scares all about you, um, Johnny, or... Um, Fighter, have you have you and ended up playing Dead Space at all this year? The remake? Oh, I I beat it. I enjoyed it. Ooh. Like JT and like you, it's an honorable mention just because 
can't be game of the year if it's something that already came out. Um, like you said, you pretty much hit the n nail on the head with everything you said, the atmosphere, the sounds, everything like that. Another thing that they did that I liked um, and appreciated, they tweaked some of the levels just a little bit. Um, so while it was still the same game, it still felt a little fresh in some areas, so it was something new. Um, the one disappointing thing was it still held on to all those original jump scares. It didn't feel like there were any new scare, like jump scares or anything like that that they tried to implement into the game. So it was a little disappointed there, but overall I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I, I really liked... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, it was just like I was agreeing with everybody else saying like it's it was a remake and the one thing I did appreciate it was that I don't know if you remember back for Dead Space One, the control schematics from one to two were severely different in playstyles. Like you had awkward button map loadouts where your sprint was like on the other side of the controller. So it was good to see that they took the two and three Dead Space mappings and kept it going with the remake so i did appreciate that fact it felt a lot more smoother to play with that controller scheme than it did with its original um but now nah, i agree with everybody else's point that it was a remake and a nostalgia purpose therefore i don't think it was meant to have a game of the year nomination i'm glad that the, that that studio got like recognized for their work and their effort mm -hmm. but like like we said it's it's a remake it hits it's a nostalgia point oh yeah Oh, yeah. So this was my honorable mention, my single honorable mention. I'll throw it over to Johnny. Do you have any honorable mentions besides Dead Space? Um, besides Dead Space and uh, Resident Evil 4, again, oh, yeah. uh, remakes, so, you know, don't really want to uh, call them Game of the Year. One that wasn't mentioned, um, I'm currently playing it now. I just got into it. Um, the reason why it's quickly on my honorable mentions is because I'm not a fan of this game style originally, but this game has hooked me already. Mm. Alien Dark Descent. Okay. I'm a big fan of the Alien movie franchise, so it, it was on sale for like 25 bucks, I think, so I took the risk, I gambled, and I'm really enjoying it. It's a strategy top-down game. Oh. Um... The game is always, it's kind of XCOM-E-ish, you know, mm. um, but instead of turn-based, the game is always moving. Okay. So it adds that suspense of, like, you gotta quickly make decisions. Cause... <laughs> no. Uh -oh. Yeah. Yep, I think we got, the I think you got a little cut off constantly there. Okay. Rushing, but overall... Overall, I mean, I was playing last night with the in a party with JT, and I think he can attest. Like, it was getting the suspense going for me. Like, I was really getting <laughs> nervous, kind of thing. Like, what's around this corner down the dark corridor? The way the gameplay is set up is very unique, um, and that's why I gotta at least mention it because I haven't really heard anyone talking about it. I've honestly not even heard about the game. I know there's been a lot of alien games, uh, some a bit more infamous than others, like Colonial Marines. People love the hate on that game. And then Alien Isolation, I think, was a pretty decent game. It's survival, and it's, you know, the best. But, um, yeah, no, that, that sounds really neat. I'm going to have to look into that, because we don't get a lot of isometric, top-down, like, style games, and it being in the Alien franchise with having that element of shock and surprise and jump scare sounds like it'd be pretty cool to have that that genre's take on it. 
it's unique to have a uh, good alien game again because like you said we don't get many of them um so this is definitely one i feel like is a good one that's going to go down in the books mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about enough, you fighter do you have any under the radar it is it is it does have a nine out of ten on steam oh wow yeah. nine out of ten on steam and 94 percent uh hmm. for google users so that's impressive that's impressive we have to take a People closer look yeah and fighter do you want to mention any of honorable mentions oh shoot there's so many games <laughs> i <man>. know <laughs> Um, I mean, outside of like the mainstream like games that have been like represented on the Game Awards, one I did enjoy were um, well, it's called DNF Duel. It is hmm. a animated fighting game that was made by the same people, or at least partnered with the same people that did Blaze Blue, Nights and Birth, and all them. Um, it is, it is a very simple fighting game. There's not a lot of like map controls like Tekken. Or Soul Calibur and stuff like that. It's, okay. If you know where the land, the moves are going to go, you know the timing. You're going to get a huge combo off. And I just liked how, like how simple it felt. Even in when you're playing ranked lobbies, mm-hmm. it still feels like you had a chance to make a comeback. And all you needed was just that one right time window to just get that punish off. Mm. This year has been a really big year for fighting games. I mean, we had uh, Street Fighter. They're coming out sure. with Tekken, I think, right? They're Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it's been very, very busy. So I'm not going to mention, I'll, I'll spoil it. I'm not going to mention any fighting games on my list, but I'm very curious to see if either, any of you guys end up mentioning one or two of those games coming up here. Um, well, I'm, I'm all set for Tekken 8. Whoo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's coming out in the beginning of the year. Right? That eight D pad, man. Oh. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna get into the show proper here, but first some housekeeping. So if you guys are joining us live, thank you very much. You can put in your game of the year in the comment section down below. Make sure you subscribe to this channel and hit that bell icon so you'll be notified when other future video game content goes on the channel. Maybe I'll do more of this. We'll see. Um, so I'm going to throw it over to JT. We start with you with honorable mentions. What's your number five for top games of the year? Oh boy, my number five for top games of the year. Um, it's hard to pick between these two. Yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say my number four and my number five are probably pretty even. Um, I'm going to call it number five just by a hair. I'm going to give it to, um, actually, is that a remake? That's a remake. <laughs> Breaking Uh-oh. my own rules. Breaking my own Breaking rules. Old gentleman. <laughs> All right. So we'll throw Lord of the Fallen down into the honorable mentions. Wait, that's and, a sequel. Uh, Wait. <laughs> Yeah, I, I literally, I actually know. I actually, I actually know. I this is something I could attest to. At New York Comic Con, they had a Lords of the Fallen bus, and I was on the bus, and I was talking to the creators. And at one point, IGN put a microphone in my face and said, "Can you just please talk like you've been doing the last five minutes? You're really good at explaining gameplay as you're playing the game." And I was just like, 
Sure. So the guy, and I was literally asking him, I literally asked him, I said, what is the deal with this game? He's like, yeah, it's basically like a, a, a sequel far into the future of the game. And I was like, do you have to play the previous game? He's like, absolutely not. You can just start with this game. So I think it's it's kind of like a reboot in a sense where they're, they're making this game kind of from the ground up to be like that. But technically in the lore wise, I think I'll give it to you because... I mean, hell, the, the director of the game was telling me this. I think that's good enough, right? Well, we're going to go ahead and call it a C-boot then, which is good enough for me. <laughs> so number five goes to Lord of the Fall. But yeah, so so I'll tell you about my experience. So I got to play for about 30, 45 minutes, and those games are not kind of my jam for the most part. Like Jedi Survivor, Jedi Fallen Order, the closest I'll ever come to playing Soulsborne's games. I was, you know... Flipping around the DF about the um, the one that came to Xbox Game Pass, the Pinocchio one. Um, I was thinking about trying that out, but I, from what I played with this one, it was pretty cool. Pretty cool. It's it's one of the very few games on Unreal, Unreal Engine five, so very pretty. Um, and it's got this interesting design. At least the level I was playing, where you can like split to like a different realm and different things constantly yeah. so it was very unique in that regard and i really liked the amount of character choice like when you first start the game there had to be i think the guy said there was like maybe like 12 or 15 classes so just having that amount of choice was something pretty cool and all the weapons you could have dual wield you can go single sword shield all that fun stuff so yeah i enjoyed from what i played yeah it's much uh much better than the first one it mm-hmm. uh, looks great. It feels so much better than the first one. Um, and it's much more faithful to the uh, Soulsborn formula. And um, with its own unique things, like the uh, the alternate world, it's Umbral something. Umbral, yeah. It was. yeah. But it's very creative in that sense. But, yeah, um, it played very well. Yeah, yeah so very that one smooth. takes my uh, number five. Yeah, so I'll throw it over to you, Johnny. What's your number five? My number five is uh, Jedi Survivor. Okay. Um, it's definitely top five for me. Um, great game. Had a lot of fun playing it. My issue, just, it's a big game it's a big world yep. i just got overwhelmed with <laughs> it i put it aside and i'm having a hard time getting back into it it's the only reason it's not higher on the list um everything about it i've loved so far um so i'm not saying anything bad about it um but there are a few other games i've gotten much further in that i've been enjoying a lot more mm. yeah you talk about and spoiler alert, this is not going to be the first time we're talking about this game. So I'm going to have to try to come up with multiple things to say about the game every time this comes up. But sticking on what you're saying, player choice has been the big, big positive that came from the first game. You talk about a sequel, what a sequel needs to do is capitalize on everything the first game was and make it better and introduce more mechanics and, of course, make things look better enemy type stuff like it does all that in spades but just looking at the the center world of kobo which is that more open space it's really neat because it just adds like this whole nether element that fallen order never really had which is the amount of exploration that is rewarding you're getting these different um enhancements to your character but also to how you look too so there's a lot of player choice in that regard um 
and it, it, I guess it kind of almost felt like it, I've, I've never played Elden Ring, but I guess it would be sort of similar to that where you just kind of, at least on that planet, you can go and do, hey, I want to see what's this in this cave. Oh, it's a freaking Rancor. What the hell? So it's kind of fun because like I'm talking to people like you guys and other friends like, hey, did you find this area in, 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 in Survivor? No, I didn't. So it's got that water cooler kind of talk because it opened up the world. Not everybody is going to see every single thing. And that's where it can be overwhelming. But also it could be really fun because you could spend a lot more time in this game than you could the previous previous one. So one thing I wanted to mention with the uh, Jedi Survivor, you talked about the exploration. One thing I wanted to bring up uh, just further in depth with the exploration is the movement with mm. exploration. That's something I think they did really well with Jedi Survivor. The wall running, mm. just the way everything transitions into the next step. It's just so fluid. Um, I just felt like that needs to be said because that's something that just made the game that much more enjoyable to explore. Yes, at times it felt like a little bit of a chore looking for things in the tiniest crevices and corners, you know. But um, it definitely made it at least a little more uh, doable, enjoyable. Oh my yeah, Kobo completion. My Kobo completion is stuck at ninety nine percent. I cannot find the last thing. Did you get the 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 um oh. the seeds on the roof? There was like something with the seeds yeah. on top of the roof, yeah. and there was something you can unlock with the droid or something. I don't know, dude. I've I've <laughs> been through. I'm uh, part of me is worried that my map is just bugged. Uh. I've been through every pixel of that whole planet and i just can't i just can't get it Jeez. I, I can't is there like an actual achievement tied to that i i don't know if there is or not but i completed jedi fallen order 100 percent like seven times so <laughs> it, it, it's a series that i enjoy yeah lot. and I, yeah. I, I was kind of going for that hundred percent on uh survivor but there's got to be an achievement that hung me up (laughs) i'm sure there is but johnny you mentioned motion you mentioned traversal yeah they did a great job respawn is known for traversal i mean you look at apex legends the ability to slide and clamber up walls uh going from titanfall with wall running they do they're talking about apex and not talking about titanfall (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's where that core movement of theirs came from. They did Titanfall, and it was even back from D. Uh, what's the name? D one, Titanfall one. Like the movement was just that good for wall based wall running, shooting, climbing, mantling, and stuff like that. And they just took it and ran with it into the second one. You even look at other companies that tried to do the same thing, like Call of Duty, when they tried to get all futuristic. They also started doing wall mm-hmm. running and everything else. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'll say that Respawn on does a good way of doing movement mechanics. Oh, yeah. What's your number five, Fighter? Um, I'm actually going to put it out there with uh, Capcom and being Exo Primal. Oh. Um, Exo Primal was fun. It still is to this day, but it's just a lot of other games have taken my time. We all know what that's like. Um. But it's at its core, it is a PvP PVE shooter race down to see who can get to the objective first before the final team. Um, and I like the fact that it's not always like that. You do have your missions where it's like, hey, you and this team, 
and that enemy team are going to work together to complete this entire mission. Have fun. Meanwhile, there's a T-Rex coming after you that's supercharged. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and then it's just also like all, you have such a good cohesion of people being able to just switch in and out of mech suits based on the situation that it calls for. Like if you need more tanks, two people can switch to a tank and just give you that extra protection to give you more time to deal more damage. Or if there, you need more damage, you can go all out on DPS. So just being able to instantly swap on demand between mech suits, classes, abilities, that's really flushed out. And I love the fact that Capcom's also using their other IPs to do events. Like right now we have a Street Fighter event going on where mm. three of their mech suits are based off of Guile, Chun-Li, and Ryu. Now, me personally, I would have liked to seen mech suits actually based around those characters, but it is what it is. And they also have a battle pass system that's just purely cosmetic. There is no, hey, this weapon's better than this, or this upgrade's tied to this. It's just pure cosmetic. Play the game, mm. enjoy the game, get mm -hmm. rewarded for it. Yeah, I wish more game studios would be like that, because honestly, it gets out of control, you know? But no, that's that's a game that I was always seeing from the periphery, like, oh, this XO Primal game. It's been it's been on the rise. It's been on the rise. And it finally I think it came out the Xbox Game Pass, which probably gave it a bit of a boost. And uh yeah, so anything with dinosaurs is instantly like, oh, this this instantly yeah. interests me. Who don't love shooting dinosaurs? <laughs> I mean oh, I, I, I would man. like to have a Torok, but Oh yeah. Going back to the N sixty four days of Turok. Jeez, I love that game. We are getting that Jurassic Park game, though. Jurassic Park Survival, I believe, is the name. I oh, man. That. It's going to be awesome. My number five is a game that got shadow dropped during a Xbox Direct, which is like their like little studio showcases that they're going to do a couple times a year. And that is Hi-Fi Rush. This game literally was announced and they said, oh, later today you can download it on Game Pass. Have fun. And, you know, it's a short little linear experience. But what's really cool about this game is the way it uses music to basically enhance the experience. You're using, you're hitting the beat with the, with the buttons to actually hack and slash people at the same time. And there is a little bit more to just hack and slash. There's actually pairing and a lot more complex maneuvers you're going to have to do, but it's fun platforming. The game looks amazing because it's that shell-shaded. It instantly brought to mind Jet Set Radio. Uh, I just really loved it. The characters are so great, so larger than life. It's got that punk rock feel to it. I mean, you're slashing at people or robots. I mean, with with a freaking guitar, and it's just it's just so much fun, so much fun. And by the end of the game, you're fighting bosses, and there's like all different kind of mechanics that are thrown your way. It never feels stale. It never you know overstays its welcome. I think it's like basically eight hour, ten hour game at the max. And I really enjoyed the heck out of it. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have played it, but I, but I enjoyed my time with it quite a bit. I did I download personally... it and played it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I personally am not a fan of those kind of games. There's a <laughs> there's another game that was kind of like that that was on the Game Pass. Um, oh, Hellbent or yes. something like Hellfair. that. Hellslinger, yeah, yeah. Metal Hellslinger, yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming it kind of plays like that mm -hmm. from what I've gathered. Um, and I thought being a musician, that would be like an awesome game. Yeah. But I'm just not a big fan of it. It's just something about those kind of get that game style just doesn't click with me. So unfortunately, I haven't given it a shot myself. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, to each their own, right? And the cool thing about the game is it does have um, some accessibility options. Like, you aren't necessarily penalized, like, for not hitting people on the beat. Like, you could play the entire game just just hack and slash at will, um, but you'll get, like, you know, extra damage boosts or something if you actually hit the timer, you know, pretty frequently and pretty consistently, so... Yeah, that, that is my number five. So with that, we got through our f- number fives. We're going to go to number four. Back to you, JT. All right. Um, there was any hint from how I was talking about the last one. Uh, my number four is Lies of P. Um, ah, that's the name I couldn't remember. <laughs> it's Bloodborne on Xbox. And ah! Bloodborne is, by and large, my favorite Soulsborne game. Um so this just this just takes it honestly. Eyes of P is made from a separate company that then like all the other soul games that we have seen, correct? Yes, it is a separate company. It is just a souls like um however it's probably the most um what's the word? I can't think of the word. But it's 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 one of the best out there. It's getting mm-hmm. a lot of praise this year for that reason. What sets um, it apart from like Dark Souls or Bloodborne? What's its like own like little unique mechanic, if there is any? So I think the most unique mechanic about Lies of P is the um, the weapon system. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess you could say it's similar to like how Bloodborne has their trick weapons, but. Um, with Lies of P, you have your handles for weapons, and then you have your blades or your axe heads or mm-hmm. your hammerheads or whatever. And the the move set itself is tied to the handle. Oh. And then the effects and the damage is tied to the blade or the axe head or the hammerhead. And you can actually like mix and match different mm. handles and weapon heads for different effects. And you can really customize it to how you want to play. Um, oh, okay. Then, it's very... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, it's very... Um, it's not quite as parry-focused as... It's not parry-focused in the same way as Bloodborne. Obviously, Bloodborne, you have your offhand uh, guns for all your parrying. Um, but Liza P definitely has more avenues that you can take uh, to play how you want. Oh, okay. And the story, right? It's Pinocchio or something in a dark fantasy? Is that what is, what's going on here? Uh, yeah. It's um, Liza P. Pinocchio. It's, uh, you know, it's just a really eldritch horror type oh. take on that story. You know? soon as you start it you feel like you're playing bloodborne okay and it is it is more the enemies get to a point where it's more more than just you know robot toys and stuff oh you're actually it actually gets to like monsters and all that kind of stuff Mm. so yeah and we're gonna move over to johnny what's your number four uh my number four is actually a game that quickly got um, 
quickly got put on there just because of how much fun I'm having playing it now. Something I didn't think I'd enjoy, um, Baldur's Gate. Ah! JT, JT and I are currently playing it now. We have a nice little party. We're kind of in a little pickle right now that we're probably going to try to get out of once we're done with this. Um, <laughs> but it's actually been a lot of fun. Wow. I'm not big into turn-based games. Not something I can really, really clicks with me outside of Pokemon. So I'm very picky with those kind of games. Um, but the level of customization and just how you can approach the different scenarios and what you can do, um, that level is just something unlike any other game that it feels like. It's just having a lot of fun with it. Um, so I haven't gotten that far into it. I mean, we're like an hour into the game. Oh my gosh. We finally have our four-man party. We just found Gale, our wizard. Um, so we're making progress. We're going to see what happens. But, uh, yeah, that's that's going to be my number four. Yeah, what races did you both pick? So I am a trifling, a triling. I'm a bard. So oh, okay. with, uh, with them, they have uh, one of their sub-races or subclasses. Um, they give you a boost to your... Um, your skill check so being a bard that's why i went with them oh that's so cool what about you jt i'm running a uh elf ranger all right so getting that legolas power fantasy going got it yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah but no we we've heard nothing but great things i haven't heard a bad thing about Baldur's gate 3 i mean i think legend of zelda Tears of the Kingdom was the front runner for a while for Game of the Year for, you know, the Jeff Keighley things and all. And then suddenly Baldur's Gate, I feel like that game got dropped out of nowhere. Like, one day the game was out. Yeah. And people were like... I was waiting for it on Xbox for a while. Yeah. Um, And then just out of nowhere, like right at the Game Awards, out of nowhere, oh, it's there. Yeah, there was this whole little controversy about the series, and and unfortunately, Johnny, you got the the first effect of this, how the Series S can't actually do local co-op, and that was the holdup on the Xbox version, because Xbox has had this whole thing of the system parity, where if the X and the S can't do the same thing, then the game doesn't come out, and apparently, like fans outraged and they're like wait a minute you're you're gonna say you're gonna have a third party game of the year not on xbox so phil spencer ceo of xbox basically had to make a call it sounds like to be like all right this is the exception we'll put this out it won't have co-op but at least it'll be on xbox that's what it seemed like it was this game was the game to get xbox to make an exception on their their whole stance it was disappointing when uh, my girlfriend and I tried to uh, start a party over the weekend, but it is what it is. At least we do it online, so uh, at least we can still get the uh, we still get the co-op experience. Yeah. That's... Now, what I call me maybe I've been under a rock or whatnot, but Baldur's Gate Three seems like it got a lot of hype behind behind it. Are you guys familiar with Baldur's Gate 1 or 2? I remember. Because ever yeah. since 3, I've never... The the name was not familiar to me. I've never heard of him beforehand. Well, um, yeah. So when 3 came out, I finally started like looking into it. I'm not, I'm not sure if you guys were familiar with the franchise beforehand. 
this is how far back it goes. I think Bowler's Gate 2 came out probably in like early 2000s. Because I remember going with my father to like CompUSA or Staples when they all had PC games back then. And I would always see a box of Baldur's Gate 2. I'd be like, what is this? Like, it doesn't run on my computer at this time because I have like a stupid little computer that doesn't have even accelerated GPUs or anything. So I couldn't play it. But then I also realized that this was like the most techie game alive because it's D&D. And I guess back then... No one cared. Like, a lot of people didn't even know what D&D was, or they didn't think it was cool. Everybody was more, like, playing, like, Medal of Honor back then was the big thing before Call of Duty. So I feel like it was more of a niche genre. And now with D&D, like, way more prevalent with people, and this game basically almost being the closest thing you could do to D&D without actually playing D&D, that helped. But what I also learned um, is that this game was in some kind of early access for somebody told me almost 10 years that this game has been in early access and i think what happened on pc for a long time yeah so i think there's been really good word when this game was gonna officially launch like the community was like you guys aren't ready for this game we've been playing it for like years and it is they've been able to iterate on themselves like the studios larian studios they are not like tied to any other publisher they're independent technically so they could take as long as they wanted to make this game and that's what apparently they did was they spent years and years as you guys are experiencing now like all the choices you make and everything i haven't played the game yet myself but all the choices you make there are so many different storylines like no one will ever play the same way it seems like from what i can imagine so it's because of this early access they've had for years and years and years that now the game is a 1.0 launch, and they're like, the game is ready. This is this is the game, and we know how good it is. I'm, that's what I'm guessing. Yeah. Our Star Wars Lord and Savior, Sam Witwer, likes to stream Baldur's Gate 1 oh. 2 on Twitch occasionally. It's a fun watch. They're 1 and 2, old. wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, but but it seems like it's pretty good. Pretty good. All right, Fighter, what's your number four? I'm in the same boat as uh, JT. There's two games that are probably going to be fighting neck and neck for it. Um, but I'm probably going to go and say Street Fighter Six is probably my number four. Um, the reason that I like it so much is because I grew up with Street Fighter, we, just like everyone else did. And it's just that old classic title that we know, we see it, mm-hmm. we love it, play it. It's that, let's have the, some of the guys come over, let's play some Smash... Um, Street Fighter, and just enjoy the the collision of I'm the better player. No, I'm the better player, and it's also just the multiple ways to play the game. You have World Tour where you can make your own character with meeting some of the other characters as your teachers and pick up their moves to use your move set. Then you have online arcade battles where you can just be online and play matches with other people or watch other people play matches online even tournament modes and then you just have like i said then you just have your classical sit on the couch and just fight with your friends so street fighter is just one of those good old-fashioned i'm gonna pick up a controller and i'm just gonna play some fighting games 
Yeah, so Fighter, I've seen that there is um, some kind of story mode or campaign where, where your fighters are literally just like walking around a city and they can challenge like a grandmother to fight or something. Oh, yeah. The oh, yeah, that's real tour, baby. You just make your own character, you can be in a pair of pajamas or a chicken suit. Just walk up to Granny and say, hey, you and me, we have a throwdown. Next thing you know, she starts popping off like Yoda. And you're like, whoa, where is this coming from? So that's awesome. Um, as far as, I mean, this could have been a simple cut and paste, right? But what makes this iteration of Street Fighter better than, let's say, the last few, if there, if it is? So when you look at four, 4 and 5, it is that old school formula of Street Fighter. Down to its core, it will always be the same. 4 to 5, you just had your coral circles, your zigzags, your throws and combos and stuff like that. Five came into the mix where it was a lot more counter and punish and being able to get to that opening to get off that super combo. Going from five to six, or, yeah, five to six, you had more character flusherization come out. Like Ken Masters being not this punk, smart aleck. He's now trying to reclaim what his, what his name was. I, I don't know the full story. I just started picking it up a little bit. But you have characters like Ken, who's going down the same path as old Ryu, where he's on a journey. You have Ryu, who's finally becoming the master of that style and being able to pass on what he's teached. Mm -hmm. You have um, other characters like Cody, who's this big... Um, he, he calls you... He tells you to call him your coach. And he's just this trainee guy from a military police force. And then you have old school classics like DJ... Who just comes out of nowhere with his uh, festival style? So it's just a lot more flushed-out character design, storytelling, mm -hmm. and creating that world of Street Fighter more instead of just having it that stagnant. And Bison is your villain; he's trying to do something bad in the world. Chun Li's going after him. Ryu is still trying to fight Okuma to stay as his pure self. Mm -hmm. Okuma just wants to be a, like a fighter, just like I want to prove I'm the best. So overall, Street Fighter Six just has that better, fuss out versions of characters and being able to tell a better storyline instead of it being the same copy and paste story segment that we have seen from four to five, and so on, so on. Mm. Yeah, I don't usually think about fighting games as having a super in depth story, so it's it's nice to know that this one actually has something that that just goes beyond. Um, and, and kind of goes outside the box a little bit for the most part, but yeah, I mean, uh, this game, the previous one, wasn't it like a PlayStation exclusive or something? I believe, I believe so. And I don't, you, you could correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if six is on Xbox. Thing, I have a good feeling it probably is, but yeah, maybe we can come back later and fact check that. But anyway, <laughs> um, I mean, if it is, then then it's then it's great. And then I know five was definitely just a PlayStation exclusive, and that's where they lost a lot of their fan base because like not everybody can afford two consoles to play certain games. Mm. So then when they reopened it back up, it like gave up that big second breath of the franchise to be like, now we have all of our fans back together fighting. And being able to enjoy that core feeling of, I'm ready to throw down. 
Yeah, and how how is the online play with fighting games these days? Like the ping and like the lag and it's, latency. It's very very manageable. Like there are very few spots where I feel that I could have blocked that, or I should have blocked that, or I was holding block and I, mm. I still got hit. So it, it's definitely that franchise has definitely learned from past mistakes to always just have let's put the game out, let's see how it goes, mm-hmm. and then we'll build on top of that just like any other company should be doing it. Um, oh, yeah. Pretty good. And then, like, with the story mode, it's just, more. like I said, it's just the... It's your character. You play what you how you want to play. And you your character is on, like, a search of what it means to be strong or power. Hmm. So it's that good sense of players where it's like, how do I feel like my character should perform or how I should fight? in a way like that mm-hmm. very good we'll see if there's any other fighting games on these lists uh moving to my number four i know you played this one jt this is hogwarts legacy this is a game i was waiting for for a long time going back to the original playstation which was funny enough i actually dug out my old disc for the original harry potter and the sorcerer's stone on playstation one and yeah but this game this is everything a harry potter fan whatever wants in a game honestly an open world you get to create your own character you get to choose your house you get just the entire grounds of hogwarts and everywhere north and south and there's magical creatures so it combines a lot of stuff we've seen from the magical beast series of movies and it's the it's just it's amazing there's side quests there's stealth there's you could be a good wizard or a bad wizard, have a cadabra or saving people. It's just a pretty good story too, with like giving you the backstory because this game takes place like a hundred years or so before the movies, at least. So there's a lot of different kind of themes to this because the characters are there's some characters you might actually even recognize, which is a whole lot of fun. Um, but yeah, this is this was awesome. You get to attend different classes, potions class, and beast class and all this cool stuff that as an rpg i think it really delivers on being immersive for the player putting the player in the shoes of a wizard at hogwarts and it doesn't it doesn't like overstay it's welcome either it's like a good to do everything it's like a good 40 hour game i mean it's always something i wanted was a 40 like a good size open world Harry Potter game. I'll throw it over to you, JT. I know you you played some as we were playing it at the same time. And this is how far back it goes. This is the first game of the year. This is how long this year was, how great this year was for gaming, because I almost forgot that this game came out this year. Yeah, yeah. I did play it a bit. Not as um not as huge of a Harry Potter fan as you are, so it doesn't hit me. It's a fun game. Um, I just don't get hit with those same feels that, that, you know, your Harry Potter fans would. Yeah, Fighter, have you checked this one out? Uh, No, because I think around that time there was another game that I was waiting for. And I can't remember what it was. It might have been Exo Primal. Because I know that was a Mm. game that I was looking forward to. That was near that same window. And yeah, I I've... definitely had friends like our our mutual buddy uh, Chris, uh, Tom. He he picked it up and he played <laughs> it. Um, another buddy of mine, Sandwich, uh, and uh, another friend of ours in Utah. 
Mm. She likes. She's a huge Harry Potter fan. I'm talking about like huge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because it's it's neat. Because later on this year, after I played the game, I ended up going to London where they have the studios where they shot the movie, and I went and I visited the sets that they still have up. It's a big tour. It's really cool. If you ever go out to London, check out the Warner Brothers tour, and. I was like, wow, this is exactly like the game. Like, I'm looking around saying they literally nailed the design of the castle. Every, like, little square foot is modeled directly as it was on the movie set. So they really took their time and did it right. And I think, actually, this beat out Call of Duty this year as the, the number one selling game, which is no small feat because it's, like, every year a Call of Duty, Call of Duty, so... It's pretty cool, yeah, well, but we're, yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a grenade attached to that title right about now. <laughs> I will say, I played uh, Hogwarts as well when it first came out. Um, and I played it for like a like two, three weeks or so, and then I fell off, um, and I never touched it. I actually just recently saw all, what is it, eight, nine Harry Potter yeah. movies for the first time. Oh. Um, First time, yeah. So I actually, after seeing that, I wanted more. Uh, so I re-downloaded the game, and like you were saying with the little details, that's exactly like the first thing I did as soon as that game loaded back up. Yes, I've played it. Yes, I'm familiar <laughs> with the locations and everything. But now that I have the knowledge of the movie, or after seeing all of them, it was exactly like you said, flying around and seeing the locations in the movie and being like, oh, that's where this was and whatnot definitely makes the game it hits you on a different level oh yeah and i was able to, i was able to appreciate that game a lot more this year because of seeing the movies oh yeah so there's always that good hit of nostalgia or um you know kind of confidence with knowing what it is and, and that that definitely leads to that we are getting into our top three i'm gonna throw it over to jt once again Top three games All of 2023. Right. Top three games. As we move into top three, um, I can't believe that it slipped my mind until now, but another honorable mention, and might even might even take the number five spot and bump Lords of the Fallen out of there. But uh, <laughs> Remnant 2. Oh, yeah. We can, cannot finish this video without bringing that game up, because uh, it is. Yep. I, I'm a sucker for really good Souls-like games, and Remnant 2 is a really good Souls-like game. I mean, you might look at it and say it's a shooter, which it is, but it's a Souls-like. Um, and I was going to dive uh, into it, don't worry. Yeah, you getting, even yep, the, um, yep. I'll, I'll let you talk on that more. <laughs> but um, my number three, I'll give that to uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Okay. Um, wow. Don't really know how much else there is to say about it. I mean, it's what's better than a D and D campaign with the boys, you know? It's there's nothing really that much better than doing that, and uh, that's what we're starting to get into now. Um, and it satisfies that itch. Like I, I love D and D, but I don't have the attention span for sitting through a dungeon master talking about everything. Um, so Baldur's Gate, just having everything in video game form, it's, it's exactly what I need for it. Yeah, that is a testament to how good the game is. Cause you guys said you're like an hour in 
and you're already putting this game that you've only played for an hour above games you've like you know four you're four and five and your honorable mentions this game is already coming in you know the top three that really says a lot about the quality just how this game makes you feel how engaged you are i think one thing about that always sets off um with me like oh why a game could be so great is even when I'm done playing the game, I'm, I'm working or I'm doing whatever I'm doing, I'm thinking about the game. That's when you know the game The game is good. The game actually has that quality to be like, I want to just be home and play the game. I don't want to keep thinking about the game anymore, you know? Yeah. But um, I, I have to ask, JT, have you had a moment where you've just, you just, you look at Johnny through some type of spatial mirror and just look at him and be like, Why'd you do something like this? And he, you can just feel that Cheshire Cat smile of evilness going across his face. <laughs> um, not quite, not quite yet. But just before we got on here, uh, we stumbled upon this group of ne'er do wells arguing with each other. We charisma checked them. They ran off, and then we see this little crack in the ground. We're like, huh, how do we get down there? Uh, I found this thing. I shot it down with an arrow. It broke the thing open. Oh. Um, and he went and he he fell right in. <laughs> like, I couldn't figure out how to get in there. I was trying to jump in. Like, I was trying to jump command. It wouldn't go down there. And I'm like, ah, dude, you're stuck down there. <laughs> like, um, But then we finally managed to get down there. Both. And then we died. And, oh. uh, yep. Wasn't oh, no. a pretty loaded, ending. Loaded, loaded, oh, so you're the one that put him in the hole. The... <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he fell. He just... just... Listen, man. Johnny, I, can't, I, can't, I got right some... You were at the wrong spot at the wrong time, man. It really was. It was actually like I clipped <laughs> through like a corner of the hole or something like that. Because we were walking around it trying to figure out how to get in it. And it wasn't letting you in the hole. And then all of a sudden, my guy just like fell in right at like a small little corner. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't supposed to happen, but it definitely made it more eventful, that's for sure. <laughs> that's part of the fun, right? A, a game like that, you don't get a lot of experiences of co-op games these days, uh, to the degree of Baldur's Gate 3, where it's like, literally, your your journey depends on the other person. Whatever their decisions are, whatever their actions may take, it's all on them, and it just... You just kind of go with it. It's like, all right, I guess we're going to go in this direction then because this is what you did. You got us into this mess. So I can imagine, like you said, JT, about like that. What's better than just like a D&D night? Like I can see that translating really well to this game. Yeah, all it right. does. All right. Number three, Johnny. Well, like JT said, couldn't get much further without mentioning it. It is my number three, ah. uh, Remin Remnant 2. Um, really enjoyed the first one. It was unique. It's different. It follows the Souls-like uh, formula, but it puts a twist on it with the guns, which makes the combat stand out a little differently. Um, Remnant 2's everything Remnant was, except just better. Um, the worlds, the environments, just a lot prettier. The darker, gothic world that they have is really, it really feels like, uh... It really feels what Bloodborne looks like. I have not played it personally, mm -hmm. um... But the atmosphere is great, the boss fights are exhilarating, you know, playing at co-op with JT is always fun, having a second person, um, mm. 
they did a really good job with it. Um, I know the reviews are pretty good for the, are pretty high for the game. You know, um, me personally, I don't see a lot of friends playing it. I don't hear a lot of like personal friends talking about it. Uh, but I do know it's getting the recognition because uh, it definitely deserves uh, to be talked about and played. And I believe it is on the Game Pass. I don't know if we mentioned this before, uh, but it is on the Game Pass now. And they re-added the, uh, the first Remnant as well. Okay. You don't need to play the first one to play the second one, but um, it does seem like the second one somewhat takes place after, shortly after the first one ends. I never finished the first one again, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting because, correct me if I'm wrong, is there any other games in that genre that use ranged weapons, like a shooter game in that like Dark Souls-y feel? I don't believe so. Not that I can think of, which is surprising. That is so neat. I'm, I've not really seen a lot of this game, but it's got me intrigued to be like, oh, maybe I could get into a game like this because it's range versus melee. Hmm. Stepping yeah. stone, if anything. Yeah. And a lot of the a lot of the worlds and the dungeons also have a um sort of a procedurally generated aspect to them. Like, the entire map can be flipped, things can be moved around, so there's definitely an element of, um... Hmm. You know, there's is it like, RNG involved, Is it, like, roguelike? You know? or I, I guess, that's not really roguelike. Yeah, RNG, more like uh, procedurally generated levels. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. cool, cool. Def- definitely, definitely rogue light influences, um... But not fully a mm-hmm. roguelite. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, on, like to even f- on top of not. It was just uh, like a little extra bonus. Uh, the first game that gave way to Remnant is actually called Cronus. Cronus was a, like a pre like it's a precursor mm. to the Remnant series. Oh, it, they they actually talk about some of the enemies that were from Cronus in the sec in this newest one. Interesting. Is that Cronus with an H? Ah, uh, C-H, I believe. Okay. I could I've, be wrong. I, it, at least it looked very, very similar, and the way that it was told was similar to how I felt it was Remnant. So I'm assuming you played Remnant 2 then, Fighter. Oh, yeah. It was actually going to be one of my... um, either my top one or top two, but since we got it here, I might as well just slot that in with, um, <laughs> with a different game. But no, I, I definitely enjoyed Remnant as a series as a whole. Like, I have my little group of friends, and I remember getting the mod that gives you, uh, when you have it fully charged, you get to shoot a pyro tornado. And this thing, if you get close to it, will kill you. And it will, and there's friendly fire, by the way. <laughs> um, and one of my friends accidentally shot the doorway that we were near. And then also you just hear oh, and we're like oh, what's oh? Next thing you know, team wipe, and we're like, what made you think it was a good idea to have your mod active at that exact moment? So it, it's remnant builds that memory where it's like you're having a good run, you're having some fun with with your friends, and then next thing you know, it just ends just like that because somebody wasn't paying attention. Or uh, the boss just gunned one of your friends down, or focused them hard. Um, like uh, JT and, and Johnny, that you might be able to agree with this. Um, Venom, when he was just he, like he gunned for one of my buddies 
hardcore. <laughs> I think he was like one of the second to final bosses in the end end world. Oh, we I'm haven't gotten to the end world you, yet. No. We're just oh, we're getting there. Him. <laughs> actually, actually, uh, the boss that gave us the most trouble was a bunch of cubes in a maze. <laughs> yes! Oh my god! <laughs> and the worst part is, it's like, you're looking around, and you think you have more time, next thing you know, you get squashed by a cube. Yep. Exactly our issue, yep. <laughs> that sounds so bizarre, getting crushed by it's a like cube. It's like playing a giant cat and mouse game, and you're the ghost, and the block is Pac-Man. Oh, well, I'm going to switch gears from a Dark Souls game to another RPG. I guess that's a comment on my list. I'm going to have like three RPGs and I'm looking at it by the end of it. And that is another Bethesda game we've been waiting for. Starfield. Man, oh, man. I played so much of this game on my Xbox uh, 2023 wrap up, whatever they call it. I, I put the most hours into that game. Um, a hundred and something hours into that game easily. I've not even feel like I've scraped like the, the top of the iceberg on this one because there's so much content. Yeah. The story of the main campaign, eh, it's not the greatest. Otherwise it probably would have been my number one or two, but just the wide breadth of the content that's on offer here. I'm not a huge fan of fallout. I'm a very big fan of the Elder Scrolls games, and this game is sitting with me kind of like the Elder Scrolls games in a way, because I'm really getting a lot of that that character choice, the character freedom, getting to just create your ship, modify your ship however you want to, and just go anywhere in space. You can have crazy side missions that I could talk about for days, like, you know, running across some old grandmother that's lonely and wants you to come and have cookies with her and listen to a couple stories or getting framed and end up working as a double agent for one of these pirate organizations. And there's just so many like um, emergent gameplay things that happen just randomly that are just so fun. And it's just goes to show you like there's this, this felt more next gen for me because of the just scope of the game, just the, how big the solar system is wherever you can go you can go to a planet and you can survey the planet and it'll take you like hours to just walk around this planet and the combat's good i will say the combat for a bethesda game shooting wise is pretty snappy i'm playing it on pc and it's it's a great feeling game um but overall yeah this, this is my number three really enjoy this one Anybody else uh, have something to say about Starfield? Hey, it um, there's a lot of drama surrounding Starfield right now. Um, <laughs> it's not exactly on my list. Uh, it's certainly not the next Skyrim for me, or the next Fallout New Vegas for me. Um, but I think it has potential to get there maybe a couple more years and letting the modding community get their hands in there. And yeah. Maybe that is a couple, maybe a couple quality of life updates. And, uh, I think it might be there. 
Yeah, I mean, there was a couple of things that were nagging issues, like the inventory space system where you, you get bogged down if you have too much, and you have all this extra stuff you're looting, and you're putting in your cargo hold, and then your ship is, like, all... Me- it, it can get, like, kind of annoying. Oh, yeah, there's no maps on the surface of a uh, town, so you don't know where the vendors are. Like Stuff you would expect from a game in 2023 um, aren't there, and that's even after a year delay of this game. So... I do see the criticism why this game has the ratings it currently does. I feel like for most people, they either love this game or they hate this game. I fall into the the you know first category there. I really like this game. I feel like you said, JT, there's a lot of room for improvement. I think it will get better as we go on. There's an expansion coming out or DLC at least that I got because I pre-ordered the game. Eventually, that'll be out. Um, and... The, the one thing I really liked is the context of how they do New Game Plus mode. I think it's very inventive. They weaved it into the narrative of the story. So it makes sense. And it's really fun just having the ability to just keep re-rolling your character, essentially, and trying something new, right? Like my first playthrough, I was, I was a goody two-shoes. I was not screwing with anybody. I was doing things by the book. And now the second playthrough, I've even gone through and tr- and tweaked my character's like likeness appearance. So it's like, oh, it kind of looks like my first character, but something's a little off. And then I made them just be like a killer and just going around working with these Crimson Fleet pirates just taking over the galaxy. And then I'll do a third playthrough while I'll work for like the um, the government as somebody. Or, or So it's fun to role play in this universe. They give you a lot of tools tools for that, which I really appreciate. I gotta say, the one thing that stopped me, and I do gotta jump back into it, because I did have fun doing the bounty hunting missions, like you said, just flying across space, you know, Mm. the space battles, boarding other ships, and fighting them, and then blowing them up, you know, it was very unique, awesome. The thing that killed it for me was, um, once I found out you unlock certain abilities later on, um... Yeah, that kind of not not what I was looking for in that kind of game. Um, that kind of like killed my ambition to continue yeah. with the story. Um, like I said, I I do want to jump back in to at least do side missions and uh, have fun with that. But uh, that was something that was just that reason alone is why it's not on my top five. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it tries to make itself unique, and in some regards, they've kind of gone back to the well with another franchise that they've worked on, and it kind of feels very samey. So, yeah, totally get that, totally get that. We are on to our number two. Number two, here we go. JT, what's your number two? All right. My runner-up is uh, giving it to Jedi Survivor. Okay. Um, now... It's only gotten one playthrough out of me so far, unlike Fallen Order, which I've already stated that I've completed many times <laughs> on the hardest difficulty. I love that game. Uh, I also love Survivor um, for different reasons. I think Survivor, and this is, this is going to be a hot take, Survivor is one of the best sequels period it handles the continuation of a character from one game to the next Mm -hmm. game better 
than most other games I've played. Um, even as great as Spider-Man 2 is, um, I'd even say it's better than that. It's just most sequels, when you're dealing with the same character from one game to the next, they always work in this, they work in something that's like this MacGuffin that's like, hey, you lost all of your gear, all yep. of your cool abilities, everything that you could do at the end mm. of the last game, you're now starting from square one. Survivor, on the other hand, takes that trope, that typical sequel, this is always what you do trope, throws it out the window, you basically have, at the very beginning of the game, all of the same traversal abilities as the first game. Um, you keep... Um, you keep your lightsaber stances. Mm -hmm. There's there's some narrative through the tutorial mission to get you there, mm -hmm. but you keep the single blade, you keep the double blade, and you even get to a point where the split saber becomes a full-on stance yep. and not just a special move. Right? So right out of the gate for a beginning of the game... For a sequel, you're already starting off way more fun and engaging than other ones. Um, I gotta put it on top, like, God of War Ragnarok is a 2022 game. It came out close to the end of 2022, mm -hmm. but I'm gonna put it even on top of that one. Wow. Um, going, going from God of War 2018 to God of War Ragnarok has to be the most and I love the original God of Wars, and I loved mm -hmm. 2018. It has to be the slowest, most dull gameplay experience I've ever had, <laughs> jumping from 2018 to Ragnarok. <laughs> like, it just... I was I was like, alright, well, Ragnarok came out, I've got to finish this before I play it. And I finished it, and I went right into it, and just, wall. It just stops you. Damn. And I'm just like, I couldn't do it. I still got to go back and play it, but yeah, that's that's why I'm calling Jedi Survivor one of the best sequel video games. Yeah, yeah, I to totally date. agree with the whole sentiment of a lot of games like handcuffed you in the beginning. It's like, wait, I had these powers. No, like you're getting your double jump right off the bat. You're getting your abilities with your single and your double, and just the character story itself, like. There has been some time that has passed. There's been about five years. And I like yeah. how Star Wars, a good Star Wars story, always brings you right into the middle of the fight, whether it be A New Hope or Return of the Jedi. They're in the middle of, like, get rescuing Han. Like, they always jump you, like, right into the middle of the conflict. And you're here you are on Coruscant, the underbelly, which happens to be one of my favorite locations in all of Star Wars is, like, level 13, 13, and all those cool criminal hives, right? And you're dealing with this Powan guy that's this politician that's corrupt and it's just this really cinematic experience and just when you think you get to know these people half of them are dead and there's just so much going on in that first that for those first few moments but yeah i echo everything that, you say and then the the gradual shift you think it's gonna be you know mm -hmm. you think it's gonna be a normal 
you know, normal rebels versus empire storyline. And yep. then it just flips that on his head and you're in, you're getting high Republic lore. Oh and yeah. It's, it's great. It is, it is, you know, you go to five planets in the game, but it feels a lot more because there's so much dense information. There's so much with the droids and all. Um, I have more to say, but I've alluded to it already. I'm going to be talking about this game in a little bit, but I'm going to throw it over to Johnny for his second pick, his runner-up. My second pick is going to be uh, Dead Island 2. Hmm. I had a lot of fun with that game. I maxed that out. When that game came out, that was the only thing I played. I could not put that down. The gore system that they have in that game, the different types of weapons and how the bodies, the zombies deteriorate, depending on if it's a blunt weapon or if it's a sharp object, the different effects you can have on the weapons with like acid or fire and stuff like that and how it reacts again. Watching the bodies just crumble apart, it's very satisfying. It's exactly what I'm looking for in a zombie kind of game like that. Um, they have the special zombies that they add in there, um, but it doesn't feel like they're over the top or too extreme. The They have this one, I forget the name of it now, um, it's like a hunting kind of creature that's fast and it jumps around, um... So it gives like a real okay. suspense when you're in those kind of when you're in the hunting grounds of one of those. You're like always looking over your shoulder, mm-hmm. making sure one of them is not following you. Now they did just come out with the DLC. I haven't oh. tried it yet. I've been meaning to re-download it to try it out. I think it's a House of House House of Haas or something like that. Um, I haven't played it yet. I haven't really read much about it. Seems to be like it's a short DLC, but the content seems to be in it seems to be good um like i said that was just everything i was looking for in a zombie game um i had fun with it it is co-op i've played i've dabbled a little bit with the co-op it's okay um it's just it was all right a little laggy i played it when it first came out again so Mm -hmm. maybe they fixed it by now uh but overall it was definitely Definitely one I enjoyed. Definitely one of the better zombie games. Um, they definitely improved big time from Dead Island 1. Yeah, it's funny because they call the game Dead Island 2, but I believe it's in LA and there's no island, right? <laughs> if I'm not... <laughs> you are correct. They actually call, The landscape, though, they call is uh, Hell A. <laughs> so a little play on words there. Um, it is in LA. You go to all the different famous oh locations. Oh, you go okay. to the beach. Um, oh. You're on the Hollywood Boulevard. Wow. Um, the you start off in like mansion, like mansion kind yeah. of area. They did a really good job with the atmosphere, the lighting, and everything like that. They have a day-night cycle in the game. At night, you know, you got your flashlight. You're going down the streets. There's burnt cars. There's fires oh. from cars. You're trying to find zombies. You can hear them, but you can't see them. It's a good game. They did a really good job with it. I'm happy because yeah. uh, I could see you could see the. Uh, potential with the first dead island but there's just something they missed there that wasn't yeah. right dead island 2 they definitely they hit it they hit that nail on the head i'm really happy that they delivered because this game was that game that was kind of like in in that hell development cycle where it just kept getting pushed it kept getting pushed it kept getting pushed and i was like 
when a game gets pushed and delayed this much, I feel like the studio eventually just puts it out and it's just not even any good at that point. So I'm really like pleasantly surprised when I started seeing the reviews for it. I'm like, oh, this game is actually pretty good. And I think this came out around right around Jedi Survivor. And I said, oh, this game's DOA. This game's coming out on top of like one of the biggest Star Wars games in years. It's it's so dead. Like people are gonna save their money for Star Wars, and there was a big enough community backing this game. And then the reviews came out, and it seems like they they did a pretty good job with their sales, and and the critical response is good. So I'm happy because I played the first game, and I only played like five minutes. I said I just I don't know something like you said something that was off about it. I just like. I don't want to spend time playing. There's something's off about this game. Uh, maybe it needs more time like to cook. Laggy. Yeah, the delay, exactly. Input delay is what it mm-hmm. feels like at times. Um, yeah. And the first game also absolutely falls apart as soon as you leave the resort. <laughs> <laughs> now, are there like human characters you fight against, or is it just strictly zombies? Um, it is just zombies. Um, with the DLCs, I don't know if they plan to add humans. I didn't read into that at all. Um, I kind of hope that they don't, though, really. I like just focusing on zombies and, uh, the different ways of just being able to take them down. You know, take them apart. That's what I like Dead Island for, is their gore. So if they can just continue to work on that... Rather than add in new things, new enemies yeah. and stuff, just add new weapons and stuff, different ways. The takedowns, the special takedowns with each weapon, it just feels more and more brutal with each weapon. And a game that is very much in the same space as Dying Light 2. What is the difference yeah. between Dead Island 2 and Dying Light 2? Maybe, Fighter, you can you can answer this question, too. So, I was just thinking about that as um, Johnny was talking about the human aspect. I think the difference with Dying Light and Dead Island is that, where, like you said, Dead Island is just about surviving that zombie apocalypse, being able to just go in there, whack a zombie's face off, and then next thing you know, you just see his top of his jaw dangling. Um, whereas <laughs> Dying Light adds that the city has evolved, has been built up to survive that ground level that where zombies stay, we stay above the city with skylines and stuff. And the way to traverse is that parkour, that run, and stuff like that. And But at the same time, as you get higher up in the air, the less of the threat of the zombies are. But then you have the threat of that human factor. Uh. People still want to survive for themselves, or they believe they do the right thing. Like in Dying Light, you have the faction that just still believes in the justice system. And they're just all about taking people down, whether you're a murderer or, or they just want you to protect. But the problem is that if you want their protection... You have to join their cause. Like that's mm. the only way that they're going to protect you. Is if they protect you, you join their cause. The other one is just pure chaos. Like they just want the world to burn. They just like to see everything go destroyed. Mm. So with Dying Light and Dead Island, I think it's just two different spectrums of how to deal with the zombie apocalypse. Dead Island, you have your zombies and just surviving. The Dying Light, you you have to worry about zombies and that human factor of I want to survive. All right. Very well said. And by the way, what's your number two? My number two is probably a niche game. It is Armor Core 6. Oh. Um, I, at first, when I was playing Armor Core, I wasn't aware that Farms um, FromSoft was the people that also made that. So when I heard that, yeah. I was like, huh? What? 
And they're like, yeah, no, no. They made all the other ones. I was like, cool. Oh. They're like, yeah, you think that. But it's also going to be hard at the same time. <laughs> and, and it was at first. But then once you start getting into that build graph and knowing what parts, knowing where you mm. want to go, what lane, it became a lot easier to understand how the levels were going to work. And their new game plus system is also ha- like really fun. So you beat the game the first time, you keep everything that you have, right? But the difference is, is now there's also other missions that can pop up to give uh, you different endings. And mm. that is the only way that you'll be able to get a different ending is if you beat the game the first time, you beat the game the second time. It's like, all right, now here's this. Try to get the true ending. And let me tell you, boss fights are where it's at to test your build. Like, you can get uh, through these stages with no problems. Beating NPCs, little bots here and there. A boss comes in. And it is a dark, like, you can see the Dark Souls, I'm here, try to stop me. Wow. Like, there was a boss that they had to nerf in the beginning of the game because a lot of people just struggled with it. Oh, my God. And he, and JT's yep. shaking his head. He knows what I'm talking about. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, the boss. Balteus was just one. missile launching son of a gun who's just like, <laughs> I have 60 different rockets. Try to dodge them. I'm sorry. I don't think I don't think I had got to him, but yeah, the boss right at the end of Act One. Act One was the wall for most people. Yeah, and then it's like after you got through him, every other boss kind of felt almost a little bit of cakewalk, but at the same time, they just got faster. Mm. So not only did you have your tank bosses and your DPS boss checkers, but near the end of the game, I had to build a speedcraft armor core. Like, I had to be fast enough to try to dodge and close the gap. And then you get into, like, the online portion. It's nuts to see how some of these people build these things. Like, I've seen people with on videos from PlayStation built Gundams based off of their armor cores. And I'm like, how do people come up with this idea? I even had a buddy who helped me, and he went even further in depth with certain parts. Like, certain parts were specialized with melees or weapons or lasers or missiles or tracking so there's just a lot you can see that whole farm software spectrum of here's a build have fun try to do the best you can yeah it's interesting and the endings just felt great to achieve too like like when you got to that end game boss and you beat that game you're like yes i did it it was like woo! can't wait to do it again on a third attempt (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's so crazy to think that the studio that brought us elden ring with all the accolades and the glory that from software was getting from that and then it's like people are like did a double take like huh they're making a mech game and like you said fighter it's like yeah they've been doing this the whole time didn't you guys ever see this no they, they're their fame claim to fame it's all with the dark souls games but that's what they started on or at least part of their work was on them but um yeah, the only experience I have with any of this is Mech Assault on the Xbox, and I'm pretty sure these are completely different kind of games. Different animals, more... my friend. Different animals. Okay. Um, and I, even with, like, just the file story, like the character designs, the name of the other pilots that you get to meet and talk and try to build up a strategy, there's so much story that goes into these games that you just have to keep playing it mm. to find out all the other stories of why this is all happening. And I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with DLCs because they just put in um, an update for ranked multiplayer. Mm. And now you can do team ranked or solo rank. And so it's going to be interesting to see if they do co-op missions or like a couple of my other buddies said, like the older AC games had raid miss- missions where it was you and three oh. other pilots 
go in and they t- and you take what? on this great style boss. That sounds fun. Yeah, it's like for that game, it seems like most of it is more single player focused, but like multiplayer is more like an additional thing. Or yeah, just like with any other game, it's like you want to. Armor Core is about that single player spectrum, mm-hmm. but you do have that fan base where it's like, I want to see how well my build pairs off against other people, or like even like modders have already attempted on doing co-op style where they try to buff up the boss health and everything else my problem is is that sometimes they can crash because obviously the game's not meant to handle three people beating up on one boss <laughs> that's a lot of effects a lot of lasers oh, yeah. a lot of explosions all being rendered at once yeah and it's so cool to watch it all go off ah. S- speaking speaking of a lot of things being rendered on a screen at once i gotta give my number two to diablo for i have never been a huge Diablo fan. I've been a huge Blizzard fan, namely with, with World of Warcraft over the years. But I've dabbled in Diablo 3, and Diablo 4 just seemed like this is the one I want to get into because it's more open world. You're seeing other players in the world around you. I I happen to play through both beta weekends. I had to go to Trenton, which is not a place you really want to go to if you if you don't have to. To go to the the closest KFC to get me this crazy like mutated chicken sandwich gargantuan thing to get a code to play the beta, I went through it all to get to to get to play this game, and it only got better over time. I I, I played with with you guys, uh, JT and Johnny uh, Fighter. I still have yet to play with you on there, but it it is everything yeah. I wanted. Yeah. It is everything I wanted. I mean, it's got the story. The story is way better than three. I haven't played one or two, but I really enjoyed the story with Lilith and how your character is, you know, responding to that threat. And then the idea of just the fun build. You're talking a lot, uh, Fighter, about builds in Armored Core 6, and the same could be said with Diablo. You know, the loot is there. The loot grind is so there. Like, if you want a loot grind game, this is the one, because you're constantly getting fed, at least with Season 2. This is a live service game, so there's a lot of things that change over time. Um, But, like, they have it on lock right now, where you're constantly feeling rewarded, going and just killing things and having fun with friends. Uh, it just, I'm playing as like a necromancer right now, but then I started off as a rogue and then I went to the sorcerer. So there's a lot of fun to be had there. A lot of creativity. The town system is great. Loot system is great. The game performs so smooth. I'm playing on PC. It's, it's just butter smooth. It's just great time to slaughter things. I like the open world, the, the world events that happen emergently, the, the, the world bosses that happen, the dungeons, the progression is so fun with nightmare dungeons, going through, getting leveled up with your, your glyphs, and just getting the best rolls. Yeah, I mean, loot, looting, it could be improved a little bit more as far as like the how the builds are concerned with your affixes and stuff on your gear. The developers said they are working on that. Um, and that's the other thing that really cements this as my number two, is the idea that the, commu- that the, the developers are constantly improving the game season one was a bit of a misstep season two they've gone back they've changed a lot of things and it's a lot easier to level up now all this good stuff because of player feedback so to see a studio take a step back absorb this information and change things appropriately i gotta give it to diablo 4 as my number two 
And I know that Johnny definitely has stuff to say about this one. So, well, I do too because <laughs> I I disagree where it's, where it's placed. At least for me, it was. Wait, say that again. No, I, like I would put. So obviously, we're getting ready to do our number ones and all this and that. I think for me, at least, Diablo is my number one for this year, just because oh, like okay. you're saying it's it's got that that feeling of i see you running around i see johnny jt everybody all these other players are just being able to gather in and say let's do this public event right here cool let's do it hey i need help with this dungeon i got you so it's just i feel like for for me at least for this year having that access to play with a lot of other people from other parts of the world other consoles just made that game a lot more enjoyable and like you said, there's just so many more improvements. Um, like I said, obviously, at least for me, I put this at the top of my list. But we'll come back to that. Well, uh, you can stay on it now. I mean, uh, the, you spoiled it. You might as well take the lead on the first one for, for game of the year for you, at least. Right, so. I swiped it. I played the Uno reverse card. Normally, it's JT. Now, it's my turn. Um, I think we're going to be staying on the topic of Diablo 4 going forward. Uh, spoiler alert. So, uh, by all means, stay. Continue talking. Uh, sorry. Sorry, Chris. You're, you're, you're three against one, brother. Um... But no, but like going on with it, like when you're saying with the Wooten system, just a couple of weeks ago, I got my first Uber unique to drop, which was oh. the grandpa. Oh, and, and I see everybody's head nodding. And I'm like, apparently this is a really good one. Yeah. But keep in mind, I haven't gotten an Uber. This is my very first Uber unique. And I understand that like these things are supposed to be rare to drop. But I've seen yeah. other players get like five, six, eight. I'm like, where's mine? <laughs> so, and like, I'm not saying like they should be dropping so much more, but there's also no way to tell that it's a uber unique unless you go and look through the forums in the community. So I would like to see them <laughs> do something with that where it's like may- maybe a different color in the letters yeah. or maybe it has uber on it. Um, you basically have to know exactly what the stats are to know if it's right. super unique. Like you have to turn on your tooltips and be like, "Oh, it ranges from twenty five percent to fifty percent. If it's fifty percent on this, and it's fifty percent on this, then it's an uber unique." It's like it shouldn't be all that work to figure that out. <laughs> right. Like I feel like there should be some in game that lets you know, like, "Hey, this is an uber unique." But even going like even then, like how you're saying you're jumping from class to class, like. I, this past season, season two, I started on a druid. Wasn't really enjoying the druid as much as I thought. I jumped to a sorceress. Guess what? Got to a level 70. Sorceress. And then I find out there's an XP event where you were getting a ridiculous amount of XP going yep. on for like, I think it was like the weekend or the week. It was all week. I, I got my, I got a barbarian up to the same point within three days <laughs> of the event. <laughs> and I just now got the level 100 barbarian. Now oh, nice. Grats. Hammer. Hammers. That's all I gotta say. Oh, I got the, the hammers. Hammer of ancients. Yeah, right. Right. But then it's like you go and you look at some of these other players and all of these other styles of game or builds. You got rogues doing massive AOEs. You got a fireball sorceress. You got a druid smacking everybody with a bear call. You got necromancers throwing bone spears at people. Bone spears. So like the game in itself, and as it is now, and it's like from where it was based. It's grown. It has truly grown. I will say that. But there's still a lot of improvements that I would like to see. One of them being, 
like a minion or a pet to run around collecting gold materials and stuff like that. I can't tell you how many times <laughs> I've just ignored stuff because I'm like, oh my god, I'm, I have too much stuff for this. Yeah. And a minion and a pet would just easily just go around and collect and bring it to you. That's all I'm saying. That's my hot take on that. I did see a leak that they they are going to put some kind of companion into the game. I think maybe Johnny or JT sent it in our group chat or something at one point, or maybe I found it and sent it, but that does seem like something that might happen. I don't know if they're going to be like, you know, like a, a mule for you with their gear or something. But... I've had people who said like, they'll, they'll just gladly pay five bucks just to get a different minion or a different looking thing. But there's still, like I said, there's just a lot of other quality of update, life of quality. Bah. You see what you do to me? A lot of quality of life updates that could be expanded on or be implemented. All right. So I'm going to throw this one over to JT. What's your number one? My number one is, uh, take a guess, Diablo 4. Oh, man. I feel um, like I should have switched my two and one now. Just to do <laughs> oh, no, is, this is coming from someone with very limited Diablo experience. Uh, never played the first one. Never played the second one. I tried multiple times to get into Diablo three, and mm-hmm. I just couldn't. Um, but this one just it hit the right way. I mean, it's my second most played game of the whole year. Mm. Like, it's... I don't... I didn't get any characters as high as you guys have them. No one even close to level 100. But, I mean... a um, An eternal character uh-huh. up to, you know, end game levels. And I got a rogue in Season 1 up to, you know, 60-something. Nice. So... Uh, haven't touched season two at this point. I probably won't until season three, but, um, just cause other things came out. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but, uh, definitely as someone pretty new to the series for it to, uh, accumulate that much time on the game, um, and have it be my second most played game of the year. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think. I, I believe, and this is why I don't know this. I play this on PC. I couldn't find a way to track my gameplay time, but I have to have put in at least 200 hours with this game this year because just in the last month or so, I couldn't put it down. I'd be playing it before work. I'd be playing it as I got home. It's, it's again, that game that I think about when I'm not actually playing it, right? It's that thing of, I need to get back and play more Diablo. I have to level up. I have to get the super unique i have to try to take down uh this this boss at the end or do this um abattoir of zero which i got owned by doing by the way i'm not good enough yet for that but um got a couple weeks yeah i'm gonna have to have you in a party with me fighter and you can just (laughs) run me through the damn thing because i don't know what's going on with my build i'm gonna have to look at that but that that's the fun part right it's like there's so many ways of going about it with this game you can look up all guides online. You can just, you know, homebrew stuff on your own, figure it out if you're good with knowing all the damage and all that good stuff. So really good stuff there. Johnny, I feel like I already know this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. What's your number one? 
but I'm saying my number one is surprise, surprise, Diablo Four. I'm a fan. I'm a longtime fan of the franchise. Mm. Uh, one of the earliest games I've played was Diablo on the PC. I mean, wow. I remember being a little kid watching my dad <laughs> play it on the computer. Finally, being able to play it myself. I played the crap out of the first one. Um, played the second one. Um, I know it's praised as the best one in the franchise. It is probably my least favorite one. Uh, so some heads will probably roll for me saying that. Um, I really enjoyed 3 as well. 3 was very different. 3 is very arcadey. Um, mm. So that's why it's still like JT had such a hard time getting into it. Because it is night and day difference between oh, the okay. gameplay how you're playing, how you're fighting, how you're doing everything, because you're trying to get all those added bonuses, the damage bonus, the movement bonuses, and whatnot. Um, the mm. one thing I will say that they did right with 3, um, granted, 3, it took a very long time once it came out for it to finally get good. Um, I want to say it was like 6 or 7 years. Might have even been a little bit longer. Wow. Um before it was good um i like how many enemies are on screen at once diablo 4 seems to struggle a little bit with that still um i want to be able to walk into a room and with my hammer of ancients just annihilate and crush you know like yes. 20 enemies with each wing you know um, I want to see mounds of gold. I want to see piles of loot. Um, that's something that the previous titles have done well. I feel like Diablo 4 struggles just a little bit. Um, you guys talk about the loot grind and everything like that, and it is there. The frustrating thing about it is um, I'm like a level 60-something uh, and I've seen it since the launch that it's a lot. I get a lot of crap. Mm. Uh, loot, you know, like yeah. loot yeah, for levels yeah, like twenty levels lower, you know, something I'm never yeah. gonna use. A lot of it. Um, so I just wish they would change that up a little bit, so at least the loot becomes, you know, it feels like should I even really circle back and pick up that item back there? Is it really worth that five mm. second turnaround? Because it's probably gonna be fifteen levels below me. Um, the other thing is death. That's something they've had in other titles. They don't have in this yet. I'm yes. hopeful. Um, I'm hopeful that they're going to bring it in. You know, if they don't, that would be really weird. Uh, it might not be in season three, but I have I have faith. Eventually, they will implement that into the game. It is something I wish it was added right from the get go. Because again, they've they've worked with it in three. You know, it's not something that's new. Um, the story, you know, I skipped through the story. I don't really care for Diablo stories. Honestly, the only one I ever cared for was the first original Diablo. So I just skipped through that. I'm really all about the gameplay, you know. Mm. Killing as many enemies as fast as possible. The different classes. I mean, it, we can beat this dead horse all night long. You know, everything you guys said is spot on. Mm. The unique builds, how you can just tweak a few things, and suddenly your character just changed dramatically. You know, the different weapons and how you can really party up with so many different play different players and how their playstyles can affect the overall thing. The world bosses, world events, 
the tree, uh, what is it, the tree of whispers yeah. keeps things interesting, you know? Do I feel like doing a dungeon tonight, or do I just want to bang out a few, like, bounty hunting missions, or whatever it is? Um... Speaking of bounty hunting missions, season two has been awesome. What I've played with the vampires, the whole town mm -hmm. that they've got going on, oh, the yeah, bounty yeah. hunting board, um, the the hourly event. I forget what they call it now, but that's where I'm usually spending my time is in there, just slaughtering all those guys. <laughs> yeah. It's been a lot of fun. They're getting the blood harvest. The game's getting better. Um, I haven't been following player count or anything like that, but like Fighter said, I'm sure. And I believe it, you know, I'm sure the player is going to be coming back and it's going to be growing because uh, it's definitely getting better. Oh, definitely yeah. easily my number one for this year. Well said, well said. And finally, uh, Jedi Survivor is my number one. Jedi Survivor, absolutely love the story. Like JT was saying, I don't think there's a better sequel out there that I can you know, really look to as like, a sequel has to do everything the first game did, but better. And it's essentially what this does. There's a, an emotionally poignant story that really grabbed me and hooked me and like drop kicked me to the ground and just like ah like no mercy like there's a killer ending of this game and it's so well done and you know we we look at the, all the Star Wars games of the past uh, especially like games like Kotor is like the first game I think of off the top of my head is like this game rivals Kotor in the, the the finesse and the power of the story itself the lightsaber combat oh my gosh it's so fun they just when you think they can't do anything different with this game they add two more a blaster stance they have a cross guard lightsaber stance and they all feel so unique so fun it's just everything you do in this game is just one step better than the previous game uh, all the droids now, having droids, separatist droids that are reactivated, droid decas, magna guards, commando droids, so much fun stuff, super battle droids, it just goes on and on, and then you have companions now at a certain point, like Bodakuna or Marin, they're side by side with you at certain points, that adds a whole other element of, oh yeah, we're having this AI ally helping you along the way. And the spectacles and the the visuals and it's the first Jedi game that's only for the next gen systems. Although I think they are retroactively making it for Xbox One and PS4. Which at this point, what's the point? The systems are long done with. I don't know if they're still doing that or not. But you definitely feel the power of this being a next gen game as well. As far as okay, this is the breadth of the scope of the game of going to Kobo. Going to Coruscant, seeing all the neon, seeing the atmospheric effects of the fog, all that good stuff. But yeah, that is going to do it. We got uh, three of you, all three of you guys chose Diablo. I chose as my number two. Jedi Survivor is my number one. If we're going to look at the, the check sheet here, uh, Diablo 4 would be the, the basically the game of the year winner between all four of us. If we were calculating all these average scores and all, be... Diablo 4, which it's pretty awesome. I think it's crazy that nobody mentioned Spider-Man 2. I put that on the thumbnail thinking somebody was going to at least mention Spider-Man 2, so I'm very surprised by that, JT. I mean, it came up I passing. It, I, I brought it up, but I have my rules about Game of the Year. <laughs> I have my rules, and I like to stick to them. <laughs> I got an honorable mention that wasn't brought up tonight. 
That is right. Yeah. That is right. Uh, honorable mention. It got it got quite a few verbal laughters from me while playing uh, Goat Simulator Three. Mm. What a great game that has been. It is just stupid, goofy fun. You know, it's nothing serious. I don't know. Are you familiar with the game at all? A little bit, right? It's just. Is it like so you Goat Simulator the, yeah. Three is the sequel to Goat Simulator. There is no two, so oh. that that in of itself is just what? I find hilarious. They're just <laughs> playing with the name. It's just a big joke. The game starts off, and the game starts off with the Skyrim intro, but with goats instead. <laughs> like, oh, you're finally awake, and you're on like the back of a like tractor with a bunch of other goats oh talking to you. It's just stupid humor like that you know it's not a game i can sit down you know like you were saying with diablo constantly thinking about it but it is something that's fun for like 20 minutes it's on game pass definitely uh worth the 10 gigs or whatever it is definitely worth checking it out yeah and i think you put this out there earlier johnny in the chat um disappointments of 2023 we are, I guess we're leaving it on a bad note. We should have started with this first, but disappointments, yeah. if we have any. I mean, if we're looking at disappointments, we can go to um, what we're looking towards next year after we're done with this. Yeah, well, that, that's a great way to think games that came out this year that I was, I was really looking forward to. Um, and I played them, and it was just really disappointing. Um... I don't know, did you guys make a list for for that at all? Do you have any off the top of your head you can think of? Yeah, I will say probably Redfall. Mm. That was a game that was <laughs> going to be this amazing game by Arcane. And it was like, oh yeah, we're getting a vampire slaying game. Granted, I haven't really put much more than an hour in, but I could already see how it was not that great because it's just very... A lot of glitches and weird things. AI kind of sucks. So yeah, yeah. Redfall's on that on that list for me too. I put an hour in about when the game came out and then stopped. They recently came out with like a big update yeah. where they like changed the enemies, added more enemies and stuff. And I forced myself to put another two hours in, and <laughs> it's just not clicking. You know, okay. it's just it's dead. It's done. That was really okay. disappointing because it was a different, you know, fighting vampires and taking them down the way yeah. you had to with spiked weapons. It was cool. It was unique. Uh, so it is a shame that flopped. Uh, another one, Atomic Heart. Oh, yeah. That that was something a lot of people talked about when it was coming out or getting ready to come out. I mean, I know with Russia, everything that was happening in the world, mm -hmm. that definitely had an impact when it came out being as a Russian-made game and everything. But, you know, it's supposed to be like a spiritual successor or whatever to uh, to Bioshock, very yeah. similar to that. Just didn't click with me, you know? I'm a big fan of Bioshock, and that was just a game I just played a couple of hours and then just never had the desire to continue with it. The combat kind of felt really repetitive with the melee fighting, um, and the story just wasn't captivating, you know? No characters stood out that was yeah. that really connected with me, and I mean it's been a while since I've played it, but I recall the character you play as talked a lot. <laughs> um, it was just a lot of really stupid sayings he would that he would say while you're playing the game. It just got annoying hearing him. Mm. 
And another one I'll mention is the GoldenEye re reboot or remaster, which... Disappointment. I, yeah, it was literally just a carbon right. copy. Oh, well, yes, yes. And, I mean, I wasn't expecting much of it, but but yeah. we're able to play GoldenEye. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's things that's not online it's unless that's you're playing thing. on the Switch. It's like, yeah, it's just why is it online on the Switch and not online on Xbox? That that makes no sense to me at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I the try real to make big sense of it. I can't, but, you know, <laughs> GoldenEye is one of the best 007s, so I mean... Yeah, it, for Halo to come, we had to have Goldeneye and Perfect Dark, right? So, yep. Another really disappointing game for me. I'm a huge fan of the of the series. Payday three. Really? That was a huge. Oh, that was a huge letdown. I refunded my hundred dollar pre order for oh. the game. Oh, I am so disappointed in that game. I loved two. I loved one. I mean, I pirated that game when it first came out playing it on the PC. Number two came came out, like, I believe, right after high school, gra after I graduated, so just playing the crap out of that. Um, Payday 3 is just... I don't know what happened. The way you... Everything about that game is just backwards. They took so many steps back. Hmm. The gunplay is nice. You know, the movement feels better than 2. Um, they did improve with that, but... The way the AI works is not, it's not, it, who tested the game, you know, you can walk right past them, they don't spot you, you can clearly tell they're bugged out, the missions are very short, re gets repetitive quickly, the leveling up system, you can finish a mission and not get any XP, because you have to play the mission certain ways, you have to complete challenges in order to get XP, if you don't complete any challenges in a heist, guess what, no XP, you don't level up. So that hour heist was now pointless to a certain degree. It's just things like that. Um, I'd like to think that they're going to work on it and it's going to get better, but it also took them two months to come out with a day one patch. Aye. Yeah, with the track record like that, it's not it's not a good start. And I uh. believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's been a little bit since, uh, since I read anything about it, but last I heard, and I can still believe if it's true... Uh, Payday 2 has more players than Payday 3. <laughs> I believe Yikes. It. Yeah. Not something you want to see with a new game coming out like that. Hey, fighter, you might you might not like what I'm about to say, but I'm going to have to put it out there. Destiny Lightfall. Uh, uh, <laughs> come on. Come on, I got to walk that one off. That one hurt. Which one? Lightfall. The latest Destiny expansion. Uh, it's okay. I'm just mainly looking at the story. The story was just very nebulous, and they're talking about this thing that they don't even explain what the thing is, and it's like the downfall of this whole story, and it's like, but they don't actually what? take the time to explain it, it just, it just seems like kind of rushed or something, it just, I mean, there's cool things in the expansion itself, mechanic-wise, like having the strand abilities, but I just go back to the lackluster story, and I'm like, yeah, it could have been better, that's all. <laughs> and, and and that's where it becomes the problem, right? We had a cool. We're coming off of the like a lot of YouTubers say it said it. We're coming off of the high of the Witch Queen, yep. where it was good. It was a curveball. It was something that was well told. Now you have Lightfall, which is half or, or even a quarter of what Witch Queen was, if you think about it. Because mm -hmm. 
like you said, we're going to this new location. What about this new location makes it so unique? All right, you have a little bit of detail of this. Nothing about the giant object that's connected with the traveler. <laughs> What's that about? And it's just now we're getting told about how like this is connected to that. And it's like you don't flush out anything about the Neomunans. It's like it's like Rohan did th- like he sacrificed himself. It's yeah, like, it's like I don't feel anything. I don't care about the guy. I don't know enough about the care. Who cares? He died. Oh well. <laughs> it's uh, it's just like I agree with a lot of people that Whitefall could have been a lot better than what it rolled out with. So hopefully with Final Shape being delayed till summer, hoping that they get what they need to do right. And I definitely feel bad for all those, all the, the company as a whole, because obviously I don't know if everyone's on top of it, mm. but they lost a lot of their friends because of budget cuts and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm we... hoping. What? No, I was just going to say, we talked about how good of a year it was for the games that we play, but a lot of people lost jobs because of the freaking publishers getting greedy of course and they're like oh we could cut these and make more of a bonus yeah screw that you want to talk about greedy how about we talk about call of duty <laughs> people have literally spent a hundred dollars for 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 a pre-order so 30 bucks just for a pre-order 70 dollars for maybe this early access which i'm guilty of and then a different like maybe a 60 dollars for just base for glorified dlc Ooh. campaign was very short for like eight missions, maybe ten at max. Oh my gosh! The maps are still, or the maps are okay because it's from what we remember from from the old school days. But they've nothing about it speaks three. It is two point five at this point. Hmm. I read an article, and I don't know how true it is, but uh, I was reading an article about that saying the developers for MW three. While they were making the game and like creating the levels and everything like that, they were under the impression it was a DLC for yeah. MW2, and it was not going to be a standalone game. And they didn't know until like three quarters of it was done. Like they were in like the home stretch, and they found out no, this is its own game. I want to say um, that's true because there were plans of them doing a retro map pack where they were going to bring all these old maps that we have in three into two. So I That's do what they should that. have done. Yeah. Why why the MW two maps from two thousand and nine and MW three? <laughs> if anything, the MW three maps from what was that, twenty eleven or what whenever should have been in this MW three. It's been Agreed. really Agreed. weird how Call of Duty's been lately. My, and then the whole other thing is like all the weapons from two got imported to three. For what purpose? Like the whole, it's like, and it's like, oh, but I don't get to carry over my skins. Well, then keep playing too. And now it's just Call of Duty. You know, it's just all in one location. Hmm. It's so it's. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Like I said, I'm hoping that they get together. I think they will. I I think here because Activision, Bobby Kodak, all those people, they have to appease to their their shareholders. And now that Xbox, Microsoft owns. Activision, I really hope that they start to do what Ubisoft did 
And I'm actually surprised you didn't mention this one, JT, with with Assassin's Creed this year, right? Like they they could put out they don't have to put out Assassin's Creed every single year anymore. They could do it every once in a while, and hopefully that's the same with Call of Duty. Like they don't have to put out Call of Duty every year and maybe take the studios because Activision up until now is basically every studio is working on Call of Duty, even if they were a support studio, so they wouldn't be able to work on their own games. So I'm hoping now that Microsoft has this, they have all the money, they can give it to them, and they could have like some of their other Call of Duty studios like Sledgehammer or somebody like, hey, maybe they can make another game of their own. They don't have to be tied to Call of Duty all the time. So I really think that there will be changes coming. I, I, I already think that Call of Duty is coming out next year. It's going to be some kind of... um. Uh, Golf War or something. I think I've heard a rumor for, about something like that. Next Black Ops. Yeah, another Black Ops. Black Ops. And I think year. maybe after 2024, we could see like a big shakeup because obviously that game's like halfway done by now. So I'm very yeah. curious to see what 2025, 2026 is going to hold for that franchise. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about. Stuff that could actually be coming out in 2024. I'll start this one off. I'm really looking forward to Star Wars Outlaws. It's basically the Star Wars game, as I said, with Harry Potter, an open world Harry Potter game. This is the open world Star Wars game I've always wanted, right? Going from planet to planet, we've seen a really nice gameplay chunk of K-Vis, uh, K-Vis who is our main uh, protagonist, um, having a cool pet, going around, working in between the events of Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, Yes, that is correct. That is that same time period that Shadows of the Empire was in, which is a favorite game of mine when it comes to the, the good old Star Wars gaming of Lucas LucasArts there. Um, so there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of potential. Ubisoft Massive, who just put out Avatar, which got really good reviews and, and really good word of mouth so far. Um, I have a lot. These are the guys that did Division. So they have a lot of experience, um, obviously, in the game space. So I'm expecting really good things about this one. Uh, the idea that you're working in the underworld. I've always liked that aspect the most about Star Wars. Yeah, I like Jedi, Sith, uh, Rebels versus the Empire, but I've always liked the Jabba the Hutts, the Boba Fetts, uh, the Prince Zizors and the, and the Dash Rendars of the world. Uh, so I, I'm very much looking forward to that one because unlike Starfield, and even though I love Starfield, I like how Outlaws will actually, you can go from the, the surface of the planet into space with seamless transition, fighting TIE fighters. It, it just looks amazing. Again, your speeder bike, getting the most wanted sign when you start killing too many Imperials. And you can choose allegiances between different syndicates. You could be working for the Pikes double cross them work for the huts and now the pikes are coming after you but now the huts are giving you better weapons because you're working with them so it seems like it's going to be so much fun basically red dead redemption with star wars take on it is what i'm i'm thinking it's going to be but yeah that that is my most anticipated game we could all go around and and say our most anticipated game we could pick one i guess uh fighter you're up next all right <clears throat> the one game that i'm looking forward to and we just recently had like a beta or like earlier in the fall season is the first ascendant i had a lot of fun playing the beta um first ascendant is a lot like warframe and loser shooters and everything else but the difference is is that it has that cool fantasy um characters style with it like the beta guy that i chose reminded me of Shaxx from destiny where he's just, oh. he has a helmet on and he's your 
I'm a tank. I'm going to support my team and make sure that I give them buffs for defense, being able to create a safe zone in a firefight, and making sure that we get out alive. Then you have somebody who's just able to slip in and out of water and just be able to control the um, moisture in the atmosphere to mm. be able to suffocate her opponents, play Whoa. traps, or get in and out of out of fights. Um, and it's just that once again that world play where you drop into a hub and mm. you can be looking for help and people can come in and help you or you're on a mission and you're like I'm ready to join this mission and you get put into a mission with a bunch of people that are already in progress of that mission whether they're in, I think it, it will oh. always be in the beginning or at least beginning to midpoint of the mission so that way you never lose out on that boss fight loot or whatever gear that you're looking for mm. so I'm definitely looking forward to see how um the final product comes out and they had, it was very well received. Like they put out a video saying that they appreciated a lot of their fan feedback and a lot of their, um, supporters for taking the time to play their game. So I, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how, what they will change from the beta to the final game. And it's a free to play fully free to play. There you unless go. You wanted to like, unless you wanted to like speed up, like build processes of weapons. Like if you, really wanted to get a character you have all the parts but can't wait for that day to just be done yeah. building her or them you can just pay maybe a little extra currency just speed up the process mm -hmm. but like i said it's a complete free-to-play game like there is no op there is no i have to pay premium just to get stuff it's only if you choose to do it yeah time commitment versus uh just getting a little faster johnny what yep. about you well, my uh, most anticipated game for 2024 should have come out this year, but Putin had other plans, so yeah. that had to delay oh. it. Um, <laughs> Stalker 2. Oh, yeah. I am ecstatic for that game. I loved the original Stalker. Um, Shadow of Chernobyl, I believe, mm -hmm. is what it is. Yep. There are two other ones that follow that, Clear Skies and something of Pripyat. Um, I forget now. I've only played the Chernobyl one, uh, but it was a great survival hardcore game. Um Everything I've seen on 2 just looks awesome. The graphics look insane. The the atmosphere, everything about it just looks like I'm going to have a blast getting immersed in it and just getting lost in Pripyat. Um, Stalker, if you're not aware, does have some like supernatural elements to it with like monsters and creatures and stuff like that. So there is some horror aspects to it, but it's a lot of like dealing with humans, um, you know, yeah. relationships with other stalkers or, um, you know, different bandit factions that are in the area and stuff like that. So there's a lot of gunfights that go on. Mm. Um, yeah, Stalker 2, I've been looking forward to. I've been following all the dev diaries on. You know, they were based in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. So when Russia invaded, that's why they had to keep pushing it back. They came out with videos, you know, uh, talking about why the game's been delayed so long. In these videos, you see these developers, like, behind the computer screen, typing away on the keyboard, and then... The next scene is that same person, but now they got a helmet on and they're behind an RPK on a sandbag, you know, outside oh a building. God. Because they're in Ukraine, you know, it was that real for them. 
So, luckily, from what I've read, they got out of Ukraine. I forget where they're located now. They've been able to safely work on the game, and uh, it looks like the extra time is definitely worth it. I'm ecstatic for that game. That I'm going to be purchasing the Ultra Big Bundle, whatever they want to call it. Um, that's going to be my game of the year for 2024. I'm calling it already. Yeah, I mean, talk about giving these guys all the time they need. They're in the middle of fighting for their lives. Just mm. just let them finish the game when it's ready. But it does look really good. I have no experience with Stalker. I'm kind of sour that Xbox doesn't have any of the previous games on Xbox or on PC, yet they are pushing very hard, almost like it's a first-party first game. Because uh, it is going to be released today when on Game Pass 2. Um, so yeah, I, I would like to play the first ones, but I just can't find out where to play them. That's all. You probably got to find the, find it on the Maybe internet on somewhere. Um, they're old games, you know. Mm. Um, I was a kid when I played yeah. the first one on the okay. PC. So you got to do some searching. They're definitely out there. I mean, recently, um, in preparations for Stalker 2, I've actually been watching YouTube videos of gameplays <laughs> of all three of the games I'm going through to get ready for it. Um, but yeah, no, you can definitely search and you should be able to find it. I'm surprised they're not on Steam. Hmm. And finally, JT, what's your most anticipated game of 2024? This has been my most anticipated game since this generation launched. Huh. Uh, my most anticipated game is Avowed. Oh, yeah. Um, Obsidian Entertainment. <laughs> Basically, Obsidian's take on a Skyrim-style game, mm -hmm. but in the universe of Path of Exile. Um, oh, yeah, Pillars of Eternity. Pillars of Eternity, yeah. Or the PoE, same thing. <laughs> uh, you're right, you're right. It's like two hours past my normal bedtime, so I'm like on fumes right now. Um, yeah, I'm just... it's. Obsidian is one of my favorite studios. I mean, you got KOTOR 2, mm -hmm. you know, you got Fallout New Vegas, which is by far my favorite Bethesda game, period. Yeah, like, you got Grounded, between, don't forget Grounded. Yeah, Grounded, me and Johnny played that, dabbled in that <laughs> a little bit, that was cool. And then um, you, you also have um, as the one spaceship sci-fi game they made recently. Yeah, Outer, Outer Worlds. Worlds. Outer Worlds. Which also it, make didn't it, the, it didn't hit the same way I wanted it to. I wanted it to be Fallout New Vegas in space, but it wasn't. Um, and I think that soured my experience because I just mm. went in with the wrong expectations. And I'm just really particular when that happens. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm not going into this with any specific expectations. I'm just like, it's Obsidian. I'm going to let mm -hmm. them do their thing, and I'll like it. Uh, I'll admit know. I was a bit perplexed because they put out an E3 video a couple years ago introducing Avowed, and it looked incredible. It was like this uber-realistic ren rendering graphics. There was like a dude looking like Doctor Strange in these caverns using this like these spells that are appear and runes around his hand, translucent. And then the latest thing they showed was like very much like more outer worlds gameplay. It was in engine, 
But that took me by surprise. I said, oh, wait, whatever happened to their original vision of having like that super dark, gritty fantasy look? And now we got more of a cartoonish, I don't know if cartoonish is the right way to explain it, but it's definitely more vibrant and less dark um, compared to the original. But from what I've heard about this game is it's nice because it looks like it's only going to be a 30 or 40 hour game. And when we just had a year of, you know, Boulder's Gate, Diablo 4, all these really long in the tooth games, it is kind of nice to get an RPG that has a finite amount of time. Like, yeah, 30, 40 hours, you're going to get your enjoyment out of this game and you can move on to the next one. So I think that's something to be said about having mid-sized campaigns. But nonetheless, I'm going to look forward to this one. I did not get enough chance to enough time to play Outer Worlds. But I would like to squeeze it in a playthrough of that or at least try Pillars of Eternity before jumping into this one. But yeah, great picks. And I think that'll bring us to the end of this conversation. I told you guys it would be about an hour. We doubled that, so sorry about that. But again, <laughs> thanks for staying as long as you have. I think we've had a lot of great discussion. It was a busy year. Going through the list yet again... Things that got mentioned more than once in our top five. We had, uh, let's see, Baldur's Gate with, with two votes, with a, a number four ranking, a number three ranking. We got Remnant 2 with two number three rankings. We had Jedi Survivor with a number two and a number one ranking. We had Diablo 4, Diablo 4 coming in with a number two ranking, a number one ranking, and another one, and another one. So three number ones. So... Yeah, Diablo 4 is the winner by all accounts. But yeah, congrats to Dead Space also getting a couple honorable mentions on that one. But yeah, great time for games. Um, if you guys haven't picked up any of these, if you're watching, listening, most of these games are probably on sale still right now. I think Xbox at least had like a big discount sale. Uh, you know, Remnant 2 is on Game Pass. Jedi Survivor will probably be on Game Pass because of EA Play pretty soon. Uh, same with Diablo 4 that's now owned by Xbox. But yeah, go ahead. Go go support these studios. They brought such awesome entertainment into our lives this year. Um, we'll see about next year, but I don't know if anything's going to be able to top the amount of high-caliber games. We, we didn't even talk about Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, which I know was a big frontrunner. Uh, Super Mario, Wonder, um, Alan Wake 2, none of us apparently have played, which I hear that game is incredible. I definitely want to play Alan Wake 2. Somebody say something about Alan Wake 2? No, I'm, I'm getting through the, the first Alan Wake. Like, I'm oh, I okay. the remastered on the PS5. Yeah, I love, I love everything Remedy does, whether it be Quantum Break or Control or Alan Wake. I never played the old Max Payne games, but yeah, looking forward to that. But yeah, thanks for everybody watching. Um, Johnny, JT, Fighter, do you guys have anything you want to plug? Do you want to plug any social media if you have any, or you want people to see your see your takes on the internet? I don't know. I got nothing like that. People can follow on the internet. I'm I'm trying to stay off of social media nowadays. <laughs> Fair enough. You're a wise man. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm always down to chat though. All right. That leaves you, JT. Where are the people going to find you on the internet? JT's just like, I want to go to bed, man. I'm counting <laughs> shoes in my head. Oh, there'd be plenty to see, but yep. I have nothing to plug. <laughs> you want hot takes, find JT on Twitter. Yeah, that's what I was alluding to. You'll, you'll find him somehow. Uh, 
Um, yeah, you'll always find me starting some argument. <laughs> or at least trying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. Well, you can guys, you guys can find me here every week. YouTube.com slash Raptor. I will be putting this up for audio listeners. Um, so appreciate any feedback you guys will give me. Give me any kind of rating. Uh, five stars on Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, please do hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell icon for future video game videos. I mainly talk about Star Wars on the channel as of late. But every once in a while, like with this video, I'll mix it up a little bit. But we're going to see where the channel goes for 2024. Maybe I'll mix it up even more. Um, but for that, for Johnny, for JT, for Fighter, for I, Chris, a.k.a. Star Raptor, those were our top five games of 2023. Leave a comment down in the comment section below. Send us some, send me some tweets. What were yours? Let's hear them. And otherwise, that's going to do it. Happy gaming, everybody, and Happy New Year 2024. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.